I'm Adam Epstein, and I'm a dirty moderate. Richard Ojeda, thank you for joining us. How are you in uh, the great state of West Virginia today? I'm doing pretty good. Just, you know, happy to be on here. I appreciate it. Yep, my, my pleasure. So uh, just real quick for all the listeners, we have Richard Ojeda. You may have seen this dynamic, ferocious defender of the people on TV, whether it be MSNBC, CNN, or fighting for his, uh, his folks down in West Virginia. But he is a, was a celebrated U.S. Army major. He served in the West Virginia State Senate from 2016 to 2019, briefly ran for president in 2020, supports a whole range of what you might call progressive issues. But the big thing I would say to start our conversation, Richard, is uh, you are a guy who I would say, and, and I'm an independent who votes Democratic, but I'm an independent, but you are a guy that seems to me the unicorn that the Democratic Party needs, that has, but that it needs to start connecting. What say you? Well, I think you're right. But the problem with that is, is that the Democratic Party doesn't want somebody like me. They need somebody like me, but they really don't want somebody like me. And I'll tell you why. Tell me. It's what we do. It's 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 trying to go and, and, and call people out. You know, the Democratic Party doesn't want to hear somebody like me tell them, you just dumped 150 to, no, 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 I'm sorry, $250 million on two races against Mitch McConnell and Lindsey Graham. And you lost. You lost. You dumped $250 million. If you would have took that $250 million and you would have spread that around the country, we would have flipped seats from red to blue in, in local races, in state races, and in national races. But you didn't do it. And they don't want me to call them out for that. Well, first of all, you're 100% right. And, and number two, the reason that that's a tremendous blind spot, a blind spot, a blinker for the Democrats is that's the cultural disconnect we're talking about, right? They think that in, in, in everything is a national discussion, which it is. And I don't think that's for the better. I think that's for the worse. But we have a big country with a lot of different people and a lot of different countries, you could argue. And for them to, I saw that too. I mean, I watched it. I was you know, sitting there saying, why, first of all, those guys aren't going to lose. Secondly, if anything, <clears throat> coastal money, coastal elite money makes them look like a bunch of carpetbaggers anyway. You know, it's like carpetbagger money. It's ridiculous. It's blue state money. It's whatever. When you're right, we got clobbered, or I should say the Democrats. I say we because I'm so against Trumpism as an authoritarian threat to this country. And as a sort of, as an independent who caucuses, I like to say with the Democrats, we got clobbered Richard down ballot. You know, Biden won. We won barely those two Senate seats. But look, you're right. Look at state legislatures. The House, we, we're going to lose the House next year because we don't have enough seats anyway to hold. Well, I mean, and, and you think about that. Why? How could we lose the House? I mean, look at what these Republicans are doing. Look at these people. They're a bunch of clowns. <laughs> clowns. And, 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 you're, and you're hearing that we're going to lose. And I'm sitting here thinking to myself, it's probably because we're not going to get into these fights. You know, if all you want to do is waste, not waste money, if all you want to do is spend money on blue candidates in blue controlled areas, the best case scenario is 50-50 with Kamala Harris being the tie-breaking vote. I want to flip seats in red rural America so we can take the power away from the Christian cinemas and the Joe Mansions. You know, I want to add more people to the Senate. I want to add more seats to the House. We need to right. beat some of these people. I can't believe that people like Jim Jordan and Matt Gates and them. 
you know, here's the thing. They've been in, in, in office for over 10 years. They've never pushed or passed a single bill that brought opportunities back to their people and they get reelected. Very, I mean, on that point, you want to say, well, first of all, the Jim Jordan and Matt Gates are entirely unfit to hold office. OK, they've yeah. lied to their constituents. They perpetuate the big lie that the, the election, the freest and fairest election was stolen. They are Trump bootlickers. It's a disgrace. Um, they don't serve their people. They're serving a cult. But to your other point about flipping red states, to, uh, blue seats rather to, or red seats, excuse me, to blue, I was just talking to my producers before about West Virginia. Okay. I've been a student of politics my whole life. Um, I've always been obsessive, which is why I got here and why I am sitting here with you right now. I remember learning and then living through. Jimmy Carter losing re-election carrying West Virginia in 1980. Michael Dukakis only winning 10 states in 88, one of which was West Virginia. Bill Clinton, of course, now he's a Southern boy, I get it, and he brought the nation together twice winning the state by a big margin. And But since 2000, the Democrats have been, uh, but for a couple of uh, Senate seats here and there, or, or uh, the occasional governor's race, been really party non grata down yeah. Why do you think this 20, in other words, what's changed that all of a sudden the party of the people now is the party of cultural blue money and, and like you said, the disconnect? Well, here's the deal. You want to know how come the Democrats lost power in West Virginia? They control West Virginia for 88 years. Yeah. Do you want to know why they lost? I do. Because they sucked. <laughs> because they didn't do nothing. They did nothing. Right. We right. had we had we had Nick Joe <laughs> Rahal. Nick Joe Rahal was a member of Congress for 38 years. Right. One of the longest standing members of Congress. Do you know that he would come down here to Logan County, West Virginia? He'd write three checks to the three biggest crooks in the county, and then he would disappear. And that's exactly what happened. And the thing about it is, is in the beginning, when he first won, everybody loved him because he was always around doing all these things. And then all of a sudden he just stopped coming. And the thing is, is that that's how it's been. And the right. people of this state have watched these elected officials do absolutely two things, jack and shit for <laughs> these people. You're right now. Tell me real quick, just tell the listeners, who's Nick Rahal exactly? Who was he? Nick, Nick Rahal was a member of Congress from West Virginia that was there for 38 years. Okay. And, and, and you know, the, you know you had, he did a lot of great things in the beginning when he was a member. But it become to where he got powerful and nobody had the guts to challenge him because it was a waste of time because he had all the money and he had all the organizations down here that would support him. And he ended up losing eventually to a Republican who also was a complete jackaloon. <laughs> At the end of the day, the people around here was like, you know what? We're tired of these Democrats that have shown us one thing. And that is, is that they don't care about our issues. And then the Republicans come down here and told everybody we care. And everybody said, well, you know what? Let's give them a try. And that's right. what happened. Yeah. Well, listen, it makes a lot of sense. And I would also say, and I, and I take, my former party to task, your party, who I'd prefer to see in power so long as the Republican Party is an authoritarian threat. I see a party, to your back to the issue with blue money coming in, I see a party that should be speaking up, as you do, fighting for teacher strikes, right? Fighting for labor unions, speaking out for issues that are bread and butter issues, right? And then I see a party that does this as the Democratic Party has grown more about what you might call the professional class, you know, more of an elite group more of the New York, Washington crowd. Um, the electoral strategy has been win the states that you can win and forget everybody else, right? So they don't even consider West Virginia. They're not the only ones that do. The Republicans practice the same thing. But politically, I think that has led to 
I call it a baked in condescension on the far part of the Democrats, because they, you know, they come down and they speak down to people and they do, Richard. And you know, you know that. And you know, the Republicans are offering, like you said, bullshit jackaloon crap. I love that expression. They're offering a horrible alternative for this country, a horrible path. However, if you got, I hope this is my line. If you want to do the policy, you got to do the politics. And the Democrat, up but for Bill Clinton, is there anyone that can come down there and stop sneering at Appalachia? I mean, that's a real problem. And it's a it's 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 in the bloodstream, you know. You're absolutely right. And the thing is, is the Republicans know. The Republicans know, and they've been successful in the last eight years. The Republicans know that the Democrats are not going to come down here anymore and put any money in, in West Virginia. And as long as they go around and they talk God gays and guns and, 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 and talk about protecting the fetus, they're going to win. You know, let me tell you something. When I I won my state Senate primary on forty five hundred dollars. Wow. OK, I was also hit in the back of the head with the pipe and had eight broken bones in my face with brass knuckles. You were assaulted. But, That's right. We'll get back yeah. to that. Yeah. Yeah. But but I will tell you that, you know, when I ran, I ran for Congress, okay. I ran for Congress and I, mean, I blew my primary out of the water. And you also then, you also helped them. You also reduced the blowout of margins that other Democrats had experienced. So you didn't win. You you narrowed those margins, by the way, which is what Joe Biden did in red counties to to sneak into. I shouldn't say sneak in to edge into the presidency. Sorry to interrupt. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, you know, at the end of the day, you know, I, I did everything right. And when I ran for Congress, I was number one out of all 435 congressional races in turning red votes blue. Right. But I still lost. I still lost because in West Virginia, I'm going to every single county. I'm putting boots on the ground in every county. I'm yep. speaking to the people. I'm answering questions. I'm doing live videos. And at the end of the day, Donald Trump come to West Virginia two times in the last month before the general election and basically pronounced my name as Ojeda in the same sentence talking about the caravan which, by the way, was polled as the number one major issue in West Virginia, a state that's 98.6% white. We're right. worried about people from Guatemala walking up to us. By the way, way, which is like, hello, that you're not even on the border. What are they even talking about? I mean, exactly. But these right. people fell for that because it was that message that the people were saying, then people are, they're coming up here for the coal jobs. And these people, <laughs> and these people fell for it. But right. at the end of the day, I lost to a woman who did not campaign who did not answer questions, who only did commercials that said, I'll do whatever Donald Trump wants. This is a woman that you uh, said you'd debate her in a Wendy's parking lot, right? In a Wendy's parking lot anywhere. <laughs> she was garbage, and she still is. And the thing is, is she won re-election. She has done not one thing. She's voted against everything that we need in southern West Virginia, but she has won re-election. Right. You know what? She'll probably run unopposed this time because nobody has the guts or the want to stand in and fight her because they know that the Democratic Party are going to say, no, we're no. not going to waste. We don't want to waste any money on you. Um, I'm going to go through. Uh, you you stop me if I'm wrong on any of these things. I'm going to go through a checklist of things that you support. OK, and then I'm going to ask you why these things. Right. Which seem in many ways like mainstream Democratic ideas. There's a secret sauce that's missing about how to sell that sauce. Okay, but let's let's just go through that. Okay, so obviously the teacher strike you were very pivotal. That's that's very important. We'll get back to that. Obviously, legal marijuana you mentioned. Okay, now you're for higher corporate taxes. Obviously, you want to tax corporations are not paying their fair share. You want to tax individuals at a certain rate. You yep. are absolutely a union guy or pro union yes. guy. You want a stronger yes. labor union. It should be noted, by the way, when. 
The labor unions were at their height in the middle of the 20th century. Everyone had health insurance, and we had a much, a much less wage inequality. Yes. yes uh, go ahead. What are we going to say? No, no, but, but understand, I support union members. I support unions. But you better keep track of your union bosses because uh, make no mistake about it. Some of them, when they get in that position and they get comfortable, they turn that into a friggin' fiefdom, and that's how they are. They've stabbed me in the back before. And oh, I yeah. support the members, but I'll tell you what, some of the leaders are garbage. Oh, they're lead, living high on the hog. Again, more dues means more money in their pockets. Well, they've always been crooks, but that's another yep. story. Okay. Uh, uh, obviously, you've taken pretty much anti-war positions. You've served this country, of yeah. course. Um, Medicare for all, uh, yes. you're for, right? Absolutely. Green New Deal in whatever yes. that means. It's sort of that's still defi- The Democrats need to define what that is, but okay, yep. Envi- pro-environment. Um, you take all these things, right, which could be – could have been Biden standard for the most part speech. Why is so th- there is there is somehow this disconnect, which we're talking about. There are these issues that are needed. And yet, if it's God, if it's abortion, if it's if it's guns, whatever the case may be, that trumps no pun intended everything. What is the secret sauce? We know I know I'm, I'm, I love the diagnosis, Richard. I'm with you. And I say this about I say this about a lot of issues. The Democrats have a hard time dealing with. I agree we need to fix the environment. For example, I agree deeply we have to combat systemic racism. But instead of chewing on all this, like like and, and everything here, Medicare for all, Green New, and just saying that the Republicans hate the climate or the Republicans, you know, hate this. What how do you convey this as a national message? Well uh, I'll tell you what we have to, in terms of Green New Deal. Okay. And I come from West Virginia. I yeah. live in the coal fields of, of America. Mm-hmm. First off, there's nobody saying that you cannot come down here and bring green jobs. You can bring these jobs to West Virginia. You can. Sure, sure. So bring them to West Virginia and show these people. Show you bring some jobs to West Virginia and you show where you have taken four or five coal miners that no longer have to go underground and risk their life and no longer have to worry about being 35 years old, walking around with the oxygen tank, you know, that they're carrying on their back. You show that they can get a job in the green energy world and it pays them just as much, if not more than what they make in coal. If you can do that, if you can come down here, that is the way you convey that message that lets these other coal miners say, I'm for that. Because the truth is, is that they have been told, they've been told by organizations like the friends of coal that are not friends of coal miners, they're friends of the coal operators. And they've told them that if you let my, if you let uh, solar panels or you let them bring windmills to this area, you're going to be out of a job. And let me tell you something, that coal miner, don't hate the coal miner, that coal miner is working in one of the only jobs in this area that actually can guarantee that you're going to be able to afford putting food on the table and taking care of your, your wife and your kids. Listen, I'm speaking to, uh, when I say this, I'm speaking to the coal miner, and I'll give you an example. And all of that is so true. Well, first of all, the fear factor of Green New Deal and socialism, which they don't even understand. But let let me make a point about how you talk to people, which I don't have to tell you this. This is what you're the master of. And this is what I would do if I were running for politics. And it drives me crazy that the Democrats can't get their fucking ass together. Excuse my language. I'm with you. I'm watching the 2020 presidential debate. Right. I don't remember which one. They're all there. Uh, eight, eight out of 10 of those people to me are jerks. But that's another story. I wouldn't vote for any of those people. But Biden was there, Kamala, whoever else. And I don't remember who asked the question, who answered it. They were asked, do you support uh, universal health insurance for people who come illegally across the border? And they all raised their hands. Now, 
I am as pro-immigration as anybody, okay? I believe that this country is a haven for those who have been lost or dispossessed or hurt. But if you are a coal miner who has lost his job or her job in West Virginia, and you're, you, have not, you don't have health care, and I know the Democrats have been trying to do it, the Republicans don't do shit, but you see presidential candidates up there saying that someone who comes over illegally can have it and you don't, you're mad. First yeah. of all, I think they're wrong, but I, the Democrats are wrong on that. And B, if you question that among many in the Democratic Party, certainly the far left, you're a racist and you're not a racist. I'm trying to listen. And when I say me, I'm trying to listen to help everybody listen to the coal miner. Cut the crap. You know what I mean? Stop the middleman and the rhetoric. You follow what I'm saying? I think that right there, I don't know where you stand on that, but why the hell would you be for that when we don't have universal health care for American people? No, I agree with that. I agree with that. And my thing is, is you know what? Look, I am all about putting people on a path to citizenship that shouldn't take four to eight years. That's right. I'm all about people. I'm all about immigration. I'm all about giving people opportunities. But once again, it is a slap in the face. If you're going to sit here and talk about it, you're going to shower somebody with something that you can't give basic Americans that are actually Americans. I'm, I am pro. I, mean, I am as pro immigrant as you can get. My family is uh, come from immigrants. That's it. But at the end of the day, you know, you've got to be able to convey a message to these people down here that lets them know that somebody gives a shit about them. And these people around here, you know, let me tell you, you got to understand that another fear that these people have is to be a coal miner. You don't need to have a college degree. You don't even need to have a high school diploma. Right. You don't. Now, if, you, if you're a welder certified, you're an electrician, you're a mechanic, that always helps. But let me tell you something. If you're a healthy person, the coal mines want you. Right. So understand that a lot of these people go into the coal industry, and once you're there for a significant amount of time, it's easy for you to be making six figures every year. I've known coal miners that have brought home over 200 k a year. It's a lot of money, and it's a lot of money in West Virginia. That's right. And understand that a lot of these people don't have college degrees. So to them, they're thinking, if you kill my job, if you take away my job that pays me $130,000 a year, and I am a high school graduate, or I got a GED, or I didn't even graduate from high school, they're going to fight you because they're going to say, you take away my job that pays me $130,000 a year, I'm not going to be able to do anything because everywhere else requires education. That's so they're right. going to fight for that. And that, and the thing is, is by the way, I don't them. blame them. I don't blame no. them. That's, you know, but that's, you know, to the point of what back to the healthcare thing, the democratic party, which is supposed to be delivering that they can make all the excuses they want. They can't, they govern with chaos, as you know, and with, and, and, and in very shoddy ways, you know, slipshod ways, pick a word. And then you see the candidates up there saying, well, we're going to give everybody else health care. They haven't even given it to the people that supposedly support them first and foremost. But number two, how about, okay, this is the old retail politics. How about somebody coming down instead of making assumptions about the end of coal, right? Telling people who's, who either are working in coal currently or who have been um, put out of a job that it, the answer just isn't, Richard, back to the Green New Deal. This is where I think there needs to be a connect, and this is where there's a disconnect. The answer isn't just, 
well, we have all this green energy and, and solar energy, wind energy, by the way, all of which we need, and all of which is going to be great for the economy. But it's going to take some time to get there. And what I think the Democrats often, the Republicans don't do shit, by the way, for listeners, I'm not defending, I'm saying they offer nothing, they don't do shit, they don't care. The Democrats are supposed to be the party that cares. But what they don't do, they just say, well, we're for green new, ener- new energy and wind turbines and all this and, you know, cold, no more coal. Well, you can't say that. You have to say We are going to do something, we being the government of this country, to transition people whose livelihoods have been based, as you said, on something that doesn't require a high school diploma, let alone a college degree, and that and that they have nowhere to go. And you're just you're 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 writing them off in the name of uh, green rhetoric. I don't want any fucking green rhetoric. Spot on. Here's what you have to do. You've got to look these people in the face and say to the coal miners out there. Yeah. We want to bring in green energy jobs and right. you are going to be the priority of transitioning to get those green energy jobs. When right. we bring these capabilities here, we are going to give the coal miners the priority of those jobs because that will allow them to switch over. And once you get a significant amount of people to switch over to start saying, hey, I'm making damn good money. I'm not risking my life. And they take good care of us. And then everybody says, that's what I want to do. You know, let me tell you something. You're not going to find a coal miner around here that says, I can't wait when my four-year-old son turns 18 so he can follow me into the mine. You will never hear that. I grew up in a family that had nothing but coal miners. And every one of my uncles set us down and said, don't you ever follow us into these mines because it's feast or famine. You're either on strike or you're working or you're fighting for food. And and we watched that. I watched my uncles get arrested. I watched my uncles standing on picket lines every Christmas, every Thanksgiving. We all had to get together as a family and and, and, and discuss who needs what. We, they, they're not going to be able to afford a Thanksgiving dinner because their father's been on a picket line for six months. So we're going to make sure that they're taken care of and we're going to make sure they're, they're Christmas gifts for their kids. That's how the family kept, you know, operated when I was growing up and it was needed. It was desperately needed. Yeah, no, I mean, you make a good point. See, nobody and nobody really speaks to uh, this issue in any real way. Um, you know, I mean, I mean, and I was watching, and this is another thing I want to talk to you about. I watched a 60 Minutes piece, I think about two years ago. I believe it was West Virginia, but it might have been Kentucky, but I, I can't recall. But it was a piece on former coal miners and former industrial workers who, were, who needed to transition out of industries that were uh, leaving them behind. And they learned how to code. You probably yep. have heard about this. But what, what the takeaway was, uh, Richard, to your point, to your passion, to you telling this on the mountain, and the Demo- if the Democrats would only listen, you, you, you heard from, you know, working class, middle class Americans of all stripes saying, you know what? I was so worried about my future and I feel taken care of. I feel like I could learn something I didn't think I could learn. By the way, for those listening out there, it's not just a government solution. It's not just a market solution. It's a public private pro- project, right? Government and the market have to work together. It's private industry, but the government's making it possible for people to uh, find a new way of life. And I think that is what makes me love so much your No Dems Left Behind platform. That's your your website, you know, and your organization, right? And and yeah. and to segue a little bit, tell me about No Dems Left Behind, because I feel like that is a way to not leave Democrats behind, right? Well, and, and you would think that the Democratic Party would be like, let's support No Dems Left Behind. You know, we, we've had the conversation with Jamie Harrison, and the truth is, is that they don't care. 
They don't care. We're out here trying to flip red seats blue. We're out here finding candidates that literally the Democratic Party is not even going to support. But make no mistake about it. If our candidates win, the Democratic Party will be the first call they get. Hey, you're with us now. Come over here with us. You know, right. you're not going to give them a single penny to help them flip a seat from red to blue. But the moment that w- one of our candidates win, they're going to be expected to go to the second floor of the DNC building and start making those fundraising calls. It's a now, bunch of bullshit. It is bullshit. Now, well, let me back up for one second. I want to get into uh, more, a little more specifics about no Dem left behind. But let me let me ask you one more thing. I want to back to me. Jamie Harrison and the DNC don't care. You can you can say that flat out. They don't care. I don't give, I don't give two shits. I'll tell Jamie to his face. Good. Jamie Harrison and them, no dim left behind, is going in rural America, and we're picking a fight. We're finding, Good. we're trying to Good. find candidates. You know, we've, we're supporting Marcus Marcus Flowers. We're, support, we're supporting Val Demings. We're yep. supporting Tim Ryan. We're supporting yeah. Bruno Amano. We're supporting Ike McCorkle. We're picking up candidates. We're endorsing candidates. Tim Ryan's a good man. Good yes, man. we just endorsed Fetterman. Look, but yep. there's more. We're we're picking up people in Wisconsin. We're, yep. we're starting to pick up candidates all across the country. And the truth is, is that the DCCC and the DNC should be supporting us. You know, they take a candidate that they say we want to support and they put them on the red to blue list. We should be on the red to blue list because we need that funding, too, so that we can also help these candidates to be able to flip these seats. We didn't win not one single race in the last election cycle, but we broke records. We broke records. Lindsey Simmons out of Missouri was a phenomenal candidate and she was amazing. We had Mia Mason, who was the first female transgender Democratic nominee out of Maryland's first district. You know, Dr. Cindy Banyer, we had quite a few candidates out there and we supported them and we worked our butts off for these candidates. But you know what would have been really nice is if the Democratic Party would have said, you're out there doing the work that we're supposed to be doing. So, hey, we're going to give you guys a link of support. And we didn't get nothing. And right now, we've already had a conversation with Jamie Harrison. And it's like, okay, it sounds good. Well, we like what you guys have to say. And then we never hear from them again. But make no mistake about it. I guarantee you that if we flip a seat from red to blue, the Democratic Party would be the first people stepping in saying, you're our candidate now. Guaranteed. Oh, for sure. And I listen, I I have no doubt you tell Jamie Harrison to his face. But it sounds like your organization then arguably is doing the heavy lifting in areas the Democrats don't think is winnable. Is that right? I mean, well, let me, let me back up in 2006, famously Howard Dean then was remember he had run for president in 04 and then he became chair of the, of the DNC and they had a 50 state strategy. And you remember in 06, Iraq war was very unpopular and George W. Bush was in his second term and the economy was starting to turn and Democrats did great. George W. Bush famously said, we took a shellacking. You may remember that. Yep. Uh, excuse me. I'm wrong. That's what Obama said. He said, we took a thumping. That's what he said. Yep. And and because Democrats were picking up seats in rural Indiana then and Missouri, all these places. But there was a dedication of resources, 50 states, but also, a, a you might argue, a clear, coherent message. I mean, right now, right, you have an issue where you have a, a, a Biden presidency. Got us out of Afghanistan. You can argue about the merits of how and who and why, but he did. 20-year yep. war. Uh, passed the important stimulus post-pandemic or you know, pandemic assistance bill. Yep. yep. Passed the infrastructure bill bipartisan, which I'm really for, and now pending the Build Back Better bill. And yep. yet, and I know, look, the economy's still in sh- crazy because we have a lot of new jobs created and low unemployment, but there's a lot of inflation because of what we the supply chain stuff. But you have this. 
And then yet you have Biden's approval rating so underwater nationally. We're well, not in, we're, we're sitting idle. We do nothing. Understand. And I, but and I, no, I agree with you, but I'm saying, how can this be? I voted for Joe Biden. I, I did everything I could to get Donald Trump out of that office. And this guy is delivering. Okay. And, and the country, or is this country just so fickle and immature? I mean, or because, because there is something curious in the water, but I also do blame the Democratic Party and say, what are you guys doing the to Democratic- sell it? The Democratic Party aren't beating their own chest. No. You know, I mean, you understand that we just had our first female black president, you know, ever. Yeah. Kamala Harris broke. She's broken another ceiling. Right. Well, Joe, just for listeners, Joe Biden went on under for a routine colonoscopy for an hour and a half the other day. Uh, Kamala Harris, the first woman to hold presidential power. You're right. But look at all of the positive things that are taking place. We've vaccinated people. We're yep. doing child tax credits that have elevated people to poverty. Hey, Democrats, you need to be in. You need to be all over the country, and you need to be highlighting that. Understand that Republicans that have children under the age of eighteen are getting those tax child credits every single month. And you know what? You need to be explaining to them that not one Republican wanted you to have that. So you have now elevated all of these people out of poverty. And yet that's something that is absolutely a big thumbs up. And we're not following that. We should be we should be out there letting everybody know. You like you see that bridge? Don't allow not one single Republican to show up at a ribbon cutting ceremony and give a speech if they voted no on infrastructure. Don't let them do it. And the Democrats should make sure they don't get to do that. I'll tell you right now, I'm in southern West Virginia. And if I see Carol Miller show up on anything talking about broadband, talking about bridges and roads, I will show up and they can put me in jail because I will make sure I got a bullhorn with me and I will rip her a new one and tell them, don't you dare allow her raggedy ass to they gonna cut that ribbon. Carol Miller is the lady who you challenged to debate in the parking lot who beat you last time or no? Yep. Carol Miller. Carol Miller's the, the one who, who beat me up. She's an oxygen thief. Hasn't yep. done a damn thing for Southern West Virginia. And that's what's so sad is that these people around here, they need to know the truth because to them, all they think of is, well, she said she loves Donald Trump. Donald Trump figured out how to get the poorly educated involved. He loves them. He said he loves them. He showed up there, he put that coal miner's hat on, and he acted like he was working an invisible shovel. He would break, he would break like glass if he even touched a shovel and had to do any real labor in his life. But these people down here think that he's the second coming of Christ, and he's not. No, that's for sure. He's a seditious lion traitor who never should have been president of the United States. But I want to say this, you know, talking about why the Democrats don't chest pound and go out there and throw as many ribbon cutting ceremonies without Republicans, right? Going out there and bragging, you know, the Democrats get, get, they lose in Virginia. Okay. Uh, Yunkin wins. They almost lose in New Jersey. You know, the whole night wasn't bad. I mean, but they, they did lose a lot in New York state and the legislature and places like that in, in certain, in local areas. You see a media, a national media right? Which obviously they all talk about critical race theory. Nobody understands what it is and the media is trying to, but here's the thing, the takeaway that I keep hearing on media outlets about the Democrats rural collapse is critical race theory and the suburbs, but when they say rural, that's kind of like the excerpts, right? You know, that racism, okay, is the only reason people go to the polls and that everybody's basically a racist. And then therefore that's why uh, Yunkin won. And I think, okay, and I say this, uh, and we're two white guys, but I say this, I say, how on earth is that 
message, that argument in any way, Richard, going to sell the message of the Democratic Party and reach people? How the hell? Right? It amazes me how the Republican Party has been able to to pick these things up and, and push them and make them absolutely the main topics. You know, I mean, you, you, you interview somebody and you ask them, can you explain to me what critical race theory is? Well, no, I, I don't. But but I know we don't need it. <laughs> right. Same thing. You know, it's like what we need to do is we need to educate people. Ladies and gentlemen, if you want to sit and listen to these people scream socialism, then you need to understand how socialism benefits us in the United States of America. Your public schools, our tax dollars pay for that. Your police, fire, first responders, our tax dollars pay for that. Our military, our tax dollars pay for that. Your roads, your bridges, your vaccinations, and you can go on and on. Those are all part of democratic socialism. It's it, Educate these people, because if you don't educate these people, the Republicans are picking up on the uneducated, and they know that they can blow smoke up their friggin' asses, and they're going to win. And that's what happens. I'm sitting here in West Virginia getting beat, and I am the number one guy for unions. It was my speech that lit the match on the teacher strike. Everything that I do, you knew when I was a state senator, because I was in people's face every day getting shit done. You know, and, and then I run for Congress against a woman that was a delegate for 12 years that the only thing she did in 12 years was every year she was responsible for taking everybody's meal of what they wanted to eat at the Speaker of the House's dinner. That was it. And she beat me because all she said was, I'm going to do whatever Trump wants. And Trump was able to convince these people that he was one of them. The man has a golden toilet. <laughs> you live in squalor. You, I mean, I mean, I mean, literally. We, 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 we have home. We have people that are still living in coal camp houses that were built 120 years ago. They're still existing. People are living in them. It's always been a democratic problem, but now more than ever, if messaging, especially when this country democracy is so on the brink, Richard. You know, I mean, it's it's democracy or authoritarianism now. Boy, do we need a voting rights bill immediately. But if the Democrats cannot, cannot message, right, in the way that I will bring up uh, 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 something that I was very impressed by. Shortly after the 2016 election, everybody's shaking their heads because nobody saw Donald Trump actually winning because they got their heads up their asses and don't they wouldn't know a coal miner from a from Trump Tower, right? You know, these people who speak to the media and who are national Democrats, let's call them, they're they're out of touch. Okay. So I am watching uh, a, a town hall that Chris Hayes on MSNBC is with Bernie Sanders. All right. It was in West Virginia. I don't remember it was Harper's Ferry. I don't remember it was Charleston. I don't remember where it was. I'm not a Bernie Sanders guy. I respect what he stands for. He's not necessarily for me, but I will tell you what I saw. I saw an audience full of doctors and postal clerks, coal miners and whatever, all who just felt they were, they, they were unheard. In 2016, they explained real people, not without all the filter. There wasn't so much that just hated Hillary or they hated immigrants. It was that they felt that nobody had been speaking to them for so long. And they were middle class, good people that, of course, the national media has stereotyped as rubes or, you know, written them off. And it's interesting because, you know, you have Bernie Sanders, the 78 year old Jewish socialist, you know, but they responded to him. They did. And I know you voted for Bernie in the 2016 primary. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. So I saw there, though, people who are natural for this message, your message and that message. But I think that 
the Democrats have to go back to the Bill Clinton philosophy of it's the economy, stupid. They have to go back. Politics is much simpler than people make it. People care about their bank account, how their kids safe. Is everything going to be okay? In many cases, do we have health care? That's about it. You know what I mean? Everything else is kind of a secondary and tertiary issue. Yes, you can rile up the, the base on abortion and stuff like that. But if people don't know that the money that's going to come to West Virginia and the jobs are because of the Democratic Party and Joe Biden, they're not going to vote for the Democratic Party. Right? You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. I mean, at the end of the day, all they want is to make sure they got a job. I know. All they want is to make sure that they can pay their bills. And of the, course. And, and that they can, they, they can have the ability to... To, to put clothes on their 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 children's back and and maybe if lucky send their kids to a decent college you know I mean that's all they really want these are not bad people you know but I will tell you it's hard to live down here because some of these people have become so brainwashed into believing that the Democratic Party is the party of Satan himself <laughs> and, and, and you're talking to these people and they don't want to hear it they don't want to hear it they're still Trump, Trump, Trump. And you're like, you're like, Trump did nothing for you. Nothing. We lost, we lost 83 or 8,700 cold jobs under Donald Trump. Donald Trump did nothing for us other than run his mouth. And if all you care about is somebody that's going to sling insults, then you're never going to have any freaking thing. And you may have somebody that might be a little entertaining to watch when he yells at people. But at the end of the day, your life is not going to be elevated. And, and the Democratic Party needs to understand that until they can come down here and convince these people that they're actually going to work for them for a change. Yeah. Because remember, the, the people forgot. The people forgot about what a good Democrat looked like. It took 88 years for the Democrats to lose power in West Virginia. But understand that the last 25 years of the Democrats, they were in power because nobody in this state ever had the ability to run as a Republican and get any support because no. the Democrats controlled everything. Yeah. There was a time when, uh, when, when Senator Bowley, who was a Senator with me, there was a time when she was the only one Republican on the entire Senate. And now she's still there. <laughs> and now they've been in power for now going on eight years. Well, I think, you know, you when talking about the demographic of West Virginia, where people, you know, don't need any kind of formal education to have made a good living down there in terms of coal mining. You know, I don't understand why I actually think every party, both parties should do this, every American should be saying this, but I don't understand why the Democrats are, are also not saying to people, right, we are going to help you get an education, a college education, a graduate education, whatever, okay? How, but, but we are also going to tell people that not everybody's college isn't right for everybody. We want to encourage a generation of welders and blacksmiths the trades, and, yep. and what, whatever variation on mining there is, people who work with their hands for a living, who are good people, who that's what they know how to do. That's what they want to do, okay? And make that the same Make that one of two prongs of how we better ourselves, right? Because somebody like me, where I grew up, you know, I was an educated family. I grew up in Miami, went to college, went to graduate school. That's what I knew. But other people know a different life and know a different path. And I don't look down on that. I say, well, let's let's help that develop because, by the way, those are jobs. Those are real jobs. They are. And let me tell you, West Virginia – Every single union in West Virginia, for the most part, has apprenticeship programs. 
that if the Democratic Party were smart, they would come down here and they would absolutely help fund to expand those 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 or, those apprenticeship programs because not only do you not only are you an apprentice in this program that takes literally two solid years but they pay you starting out at like $23 an hour to be an apprentice while you're going through the two-year training. And then the day you graduate from that apprenticeship program, the union puts you in a job, you know, and, and, and understand that the, the Democratic Party should come down here and say, how can I make that better? How can I expand that? How can I make it to where your shop is now? Only, you're, you're doing 20 people uh, a, a time. I want to I want to make that 200 people. Let's do that. We can make welders. We can do all that. You know, that's something that the Democratic Party needs to do. And the truth is, is that the Republican Party in West Virginia is trying to kill all of that because they're right to work and they don't want unions. So understand that if the Democratic Party would come down here and capitalize on that, it could bring a lot of support back to the Democratic Party. Yeah, on the subject of the Democratic Party and before we get into Mad Dog Mansion, I want to say one thing. You know, everybody talks about the filibuster, which is a terrible thing. It's, it's not what the framers wanted. It's, yep. it's, it's tyranny of the minority. You know, uh, 18% of the population trying to tell 53% of the population what to do, or even more, 80% of the population. Everyone look at it. Um, the bottom line to me is this. The Democrats didn't win enough seats, okay? Meaning the filibuster is bad. But filibuster works both ways. You get rid of it. It can come back to haunt you. But if we had won 53, 54 seats, right? My point is they got clobbered, okay, to the point that a guy like Manchin and a, and a, and a, a woman like Cinema can sit there and hold the cards. Yep. So if I don't beat up on – I'm just saying this in advance. I don't like what Manchin is doing, but Manchin – we'd have a right-wing nut job in there if not for Manchin. He does vote for the Demo- with the Democrats 80% of the time. This is no defense of him. I just want to lay the facts out. Yeah. But – what is Joe Manchin's game? Uh, look, I, look, I despise Joe Manchin. You know, I, I've supported Joe Manchin in the past, but I'm done with Joe Manchin. I know what Joe Manchin is doing. Joe Manchin was a governor in West Virginia, and he won his second term. Right. But the month after he had won his second term, Robert Byrd died. Ah. So Governor Joe Manchin decided, I'm going to just go take his position and we'll let somebody else fall, fall in as the governor, which was Earl Ray Tomlin. So Joe Manchin runs up there to the Senate, and I believe he did it because he knew the type of money that's up there. Joe Manchin's about Joe Manchin. Don't actually think Joe Manchin gives a shit about people because they destroyed the accreditation of a daggone university in West Virginia to give his daughter a master's degree that she did not earn, and it killed that daggone school, and a lot of people lost a lot of money because of that. But Joe Manchin, when he moved up there to the Senate, it still meant that he can still have one more term as governor. Right. So Joe Manchin is acting the way Joe Manchin is acting because in 2024, Joe's going to come down here and he's going to throw his hat in the ring to run for governor. And that's how he wants to end his career. And I know this. I know this because I've heard people that are in his organization talk about that in the past, that Joe wants to come back here, run for governor and ride off into the sunset because he had been a delegate, a senator, a secretary of state, a daggone U.S. senator and the governor. He wants it all. And, and that's why he's acting the way that he's acting. And the truth is, is when he comes down here in 2024 and looks at all of these people, which West Virginia is leaning far to the right, yep. he's going to look at those people and he's going to say, 
Well, you guys saw that I fought against the Democratic Party. You guys saw that Donald Trump and me were actually pretty good friends. And that's all you're going to have to say. Remember, remember, I busted my ass. I put boots on the ground in every county. I answered any question. I was there. I did everything that you could possibly do. I did everything right when I ran for Congress. And I lost to a woman that didn't even campaign. And all she said was, oh, just do whatever Donald Trump wants. And she beat me. And that's how this state is. And it's still like that. And man, but Manchin is the is the aberration or the exception, right? That he can keep the D by his name and sound like a Trump guy and win the governorship. I, I, honestly, honestly, yeah, he may be able to do that. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if he flipped a Republican or Independent. Uh, yeah, and, and look, I don't care. I, I, I've said it. Go ahead, Joe. Flip the Republican now. Take away the power from the Democratic Party. But that's going to be your legacy. That's right. I uh, am astonished that the Mansion Cinema Nexus, as I call it, are what they are. I mean, you have Mansion, and thank you for clarifying that for listeners. You know, deep, you know, from a West Virginia perspective. But then you've got Kirsten Cinema, who just seems, who seems in many ways worse because she was elected not in a state like West Virginia. Mark Kelly was elected, and he's he's voting like a like a purple or blue Democrat. You know, Arizona was carried by Biden, as you know. And, uh, you know, the two of them together, both being paid off, both holding up the people's business, right, kind of have come to represent the stagnation in Washington. And that unfortunately falls on the majority party, which happens to be the Democrats. People are very, very, very beleaguered and apathetic about Washington and what they're tired of. And myself included is every doesn't matter. They'll go back to Republican. They'll hate them. It goes back to Democrat. They don't like them. You know, this pendulum swinging mania. People have had enough of that. So again, everything you're saying is so true, but you speak in clear, real language, okay? You fucking say, like I said, you fucking say what you want. People do not, and the American public is both either furious or tuned out. Well, you know what? We got a bunch of friggin' people in Washington, D.C. that are too chicken shit to push legislation to fix things. Right. You know, number one, first and foremost, you know, cinema was considered to be the AOC on the Senate side. And then she got paid off. Yep. She is a bought and paid for politician. Yep. And that's exactly the way that it is. You know, she goes to Republican fundraisers. Joe Manchin's going to Republican fundraisers. Joe Manchin is the friggin' chairman of the friggin' Energy and National Resources Committee. And he takes money from friggin' coal companies. That right there alone should say, I'm sorry but you're not authorized to be the chairman of this. And at the end of the day, we raise our hand and we take an oath. Whenever you become a member of even state legislation or even national legislation, you take an oath that says you will not accept. You will not accept perks and things like that. And that's exactly what these people are doing. You know, to sit and watch Joe Manchin sitting on the back of a $750,000 yacht Talking to people on friggin' canoes that are begging him to please do the right thing. West Virginia is a state that is in the basically the path of flooding, unlike we've ever seen before, because we let these friggin' assholes come to our state. They chop the top 300 feet off of all of our mountains, and there's nothing that will ever grow there again. And that is that is land that would absorb the rains. Well, now it, it's not there anymore. So now that water is rushing down a lot more, and people are losing things. And the only thing that we're seeing is, is that they're saying that now these are flood zones. You can't get insurance anymore. And we don't have nobody fighting for them. We have the people fighting for the people to chop the tops of our mountains off, people like Joe Manchin.
That's right. Well, I mean, you know, Nero fiddles while Rome burns. And that brings me to uh, another thing I want to talk to you about. I loved your appearance on CNN about uh, Steve Bannon calling him an asshat, which is, a, a, I think, even a nice word. But and I bring, I bring this up because we really do have, while, while, while Rome is burning, Rome being Washington here and the country, we got, you know, dogs at the gate. And Cerberus is all there trying to block it, but these are the gates of hell. And they, uh, the Trump team, I call them Trump Publicans, are are filling Secretary of State posts and state legislatures with Pete loyalists who will absolutely try to steal the 2024 election, whether or not Trump runs, wins, or loses. It's not going to matter. It doesn't matter how many seats the Democrats win because we right now, until we have a voting rights bill, actually federal voting rights bill, Richard, a lot of this stuff is going to be secondary because we might be uh, a modernized infrastructure company that's also an autocracy. So uh, Steve Bannon and his ilk and these people who try to overthrow the government, in my opinion, a full-on terrorist attack, okay? Domestic terrorism is terrorism. You spoke of Steve Bannon being an asshat. This is so existential, and yet, uh, from what I'm gathering, the people of West Virginia wouldn't not only – they A, probably wouldn't know what you're talking about from what you say, but they wouldn't even believe you because they've got Tucker Carlson rotting their brains. Is right. that right? Is that, is that, you're absolutely right. If we don't pass the Voting Rights Act, our democracy's days are numbered. 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 If we're going to sit and allow what's going on right now, you've got legislation that is being pushed all across this country that is absolutely blatantly – disenfranchising people of color and we're allowing this to happen how can we sit here and claim to be the greatest nation on earth while we're in the eyes of the public taking americans ability to be able to vote in lexington kentucky when the african-american communities woke up on election day they found out that literally every polling station was closed except for one and they all had to go to that one polling station and they were there, and at 6 o'clock in the afternoon, they were going to shut it down. There were people beating on the windows saying, we're still here to vote. And they mm. had to go to the courts to hold them open so that people could vote. And that's going to be in every single community of color across this country. And the bad part about it is, is it's legislation that is being pushed and being passed right now in our face. The racism that is so blatant in this country. I'm sick and tired of people saying we're the greatest on earth. Why? Because we can kick your ass? Because other than that, we suck. If you're in America, if you don't, if you don't have money, you die if you get sick. You die because we don't offer health care to everybody. But in, in Iceland, in Finland, in Norway, in Sweden, in Denmark, they got those things. You know, there's so many things that people in other countries get that we don't get. But yet we consider and go, we're number one. Get out of my face. Go fuck off with that shit. I mean, I think that the the rebellion that led to Trump in 2016, because again, remember, Trump flipped 200 plus counties that had voted for Obama in Pennsylvania in 2012. So everyone there didn't just join the Ku Klux Klan. That's not what happened. Okay, that's one. That's only part of the problem. Race and gender were at play. But the other thing was at play was we have been fed so much bullshit through American exceptionalism for so many years, right? That people have been like, when is my bill coming due, right? Where's my dream? Where's that dream I was promised? And then they saw in Trump a guy that would shake up the system, move things around. They wanted to be him because there's that weird thing of, among people think they're temporarily embarrassed millionaires. No, you're not, Mr. Smith. You're a coal miner and your family were coal miners. And you know what you need? You need a good job. You need good health care, right? You need a good union, all those things. You need to be uh, uh, protected by the government, which is supposed to be uh, by the people of the people for the people. And you're not. And Donald Trump 
doesn't give a rat's ass about you or your family. He wouldn't even touch you if you came near him on Fifth Avenue. These people down here in West Virginia wouldn't be allowed to walk 20 feet onto Mar-a-Lago property. They Ever. could never yeah. they could never play a round of golf on anything that Donald Trump has. But Donald Trump come down here and he is the first person to come down here. And he really made everybody think, you know, we're going to do something for you poor coal, coal miners. We're going to fight to make sure that you can, you can have a job. Same thing in, o in Ohio. We're going to make the auto workers, they're going to be working their ass off. Donald Trump said the things that the working class people wanted to hear. And, and, and then, of course, he also wants to blame it on immigration and things like that. But these people down here, they fell for it. Because why? Because the Democrats never come down here no. and did shit for us. They didn't give a shit about us. They didn't and they don't. And then, you you know, you hear the Democrats get out there and say things, you know, that are just insane, you know, uh, on Axios. I don't know if you ever watched Jonathan Swan on Axios. He's great. He has Rashida Tlaib. OK, and she is literally saying she wants to end because of the incarceration problems. She wants to end the entire prison system and everyone's just going to be let out of jail over 10 years. OK, well, guess what? Guess what? We do need to reform the prison system, but we're not letting all the criminals out of jail. And Swan is pushing back and pushing back. And so I tweeted, I said, way to lose the House of Representatives, Exhibit A. What I mean by that is there is nuance to what Tlaib is saying. Of course. The point is Democrats aren't selling the bread and butter issues. They're ignoring your your folks down there. But so what what are they what is Tucker gonna run on a loop? What is Fox gonna say? See, they're gonna let the criminals out of jail. But if people don't feel Right. The bounty the, or the or the the treasure, let's call it, that the Democrats have given them. You know what I mean? The the reward. They're only going to see the Democrats as a national party. Right. That is for open borders. Destroying prisons. Right. Shoving critical race theory, which they're not, which they don't understand down their throat. And they're going to go in. And they're going to vote for fascists because they're so afraid of socialists. That's history. Shows and that the too. Democrats are giving them. The yeah, Democrats are tossing them an underhanded lob softball pitch to knock out of the park. I'm not happy with the judicial system. I'm not happy with the prison not. system. But when you come out and say you want to end it without some type of something in place to make sure that we're doing something right. It's no different, Richard, than, you know, obviously there are there is a problem with the way police operate. But by the same token, you can't defund the police because neighborhoods that most need the police want the police and we need police. But whoever the stupidest slogan in the history of politics, it could have been reform the police, if anything. If you don't define, when you say defund the police, yeah, what that makes people think is we don't, you mean no police? All the police officers are going to be like, you mean my job? Yeah, but if you're explaining, you're losing. You know that saying. So if you have to explain, you know, Joe Manchin tweeted, I have to admit, I laugh because it's just sort of felt Southern or, you know, he said, defund the police, defund my butt. He tweeted that. Now, that, now you know, elite liberals laughed at that or were offended, but that spoke to the people. West Virginia snow, but they think, oh, defund the police. De you know, but my point is, it's such a stupid slogan that it can be. You have to educate. educate. When you say defund, here's the deal. Here's the deal. I don't want to take away our police enforcement because we desperately need them. But I also don't want to have friggin' tanks driving down the main street because right now in friggin' uh, uh, there's a town it's shoot. It's got a prison and it's, it's uh, in West Virginia. They have okay. 1500 residents. They okay. own an armored personnel carrier. 
Wow. That's garbage. I don't want tax. You know, I don't want tax dollars to go for armored personnel carriers. I want my money to go to make sure that every officer is going to have a body camera on. Of course. That's you right. don't want to militarize police force and you don't want police that are police that are routinely killing black people in record numbers. It's just isn't it. Things aren't fair. But defund the police isn't how you get there rhetorically or in policy wise. I want I want police officers to have better training to deal right. with situations. I want police officers to understand how important it is that if a person is of color, you know, you don't go in, just don't go automatically in shooting like they've been doing. Yeah. You know, we've got to make some changes in this country. But we we do. don't want to take away our police. But when you start that garbage and people aren't educated about what exactly it is you mean, when yeah. you say you want to get rid of the prison system, and all that person thinks of is you mean that freaking asshole that molested or my niece is right. going to be out of prison again? And, and you automatically lose the battle. So, you know, maybe the Democrats should get together and have a conversation about the message. Oh, absolutely. Now, as we wrap up here, I want to say a couple things to you. You are speaking, okay, to me today, and you always do, which is why I wanted you on this program. To real concerns. You're talking real talk. Like you said, someone thinks they're they're the asshole who molested their daughter is going to go free. They're not going to sit there and go into a philosophical class about it or take sociology. They're going to go, fuck, I don't want that. So what I, I, I say this to sort of bring us to the end. You have no Dems left behind. Okay. You're supporting all these candidates, which I believe many of it, Fetterman and Ryan and Val Demings, I think they all are great candidates that all should win uh, because they know how to get the message out. With no Dems left behind, had your wish, in five years, what will have no Dems left behind accomplished and what do you see it doing beyond? Well, at the end of the day, you know, we want to flip seats from red to blue. We want to be successful in flipping seats from red to blue. And we want to be able to bring enough candidates, you know, to to the legislation in Washington, D.C., that we also get to be a part of the topic of conversation. You know, I want to I want for somebody to say, hey, we're having a meeting at the DNC and the DCCC, and we would like for the No Dim Left Behind to come so that you can have a seat at the table and talk about the strategy that we're going to use. Because once again, like, you know, Howard Dean, we need a 50 state strategy. Yeah. You know, we need to focus on what can we do on the local and state level? The Republicans are playing the long game. It's time we get involved in the long game, too. So I want to be a part of that conversation. You know, I mean, don't get me wrong. I do all kinds of things. Sure. But I'm never going to walk away from politics because I can't because it involves us all. But I would really appreciate if the Democratic Party would look at what we're doing and realize that's important. Democratic Party, if you are listening, and I know there will be people from all sides of the divide and aisle listening, come up with a strategy, please, that involves not just Washington, D.C., Los Angeles, New York, and Chicago, but everybody, and stop sneering at red states because they're full of blue voters and they're full of voters ripe to make this country. Uh, or to save this country from itself. Richard Ojeda, you are a patriot, a star. I really appreciate you coming on. A voice like yours is so needed. And may it uh, be heard from the top of the mountaintops everywhere. Thank you for joining us today. Well, Adam, I appreciate it. Uh, you and your staff, uh, anytime. You give me a call. If I got the time, I'll be on here with you. You're welcome here anytime. And thanks for joining. And folks, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.